0: I'm Katherine Spearing, and this is Uncertain. I've been watching Vikings Vilhalla on Netflix, and I'm mildly entertained by how many of the Christians are villains. Militant Christians make amazing bad guys. Folks who have identified as Christian throughout history have created a reputation that makes Christianity an easy source to draw from for conflict, abuse, and war. There are many folks who will argue with this depiction and say, that's not real Christianity, And for them, this may be true. But for those of us who have been on the receiving end of the atrocities committed in the name of Christ, it's hard to make a differentiation. For many of us, Christianity has become dangerous, and for a very good reason. This interview with Mark Scandrett discusses his book, The Ninefold Path of Jesus, where he and many others attempted to live in what the book calls the Jesus Way. I will describe the book and the experiment the book is based on as an attempt to depict and live in a way that Christ taught that is often very different than what is taught in modern evangelicalism. Mark Scandrette is an internationally recognized expert in practical spiritual formation. He is the founder and director of Reimagine, a center for integral Christian practice, where he leads an annual series of retreats, workshops, and projects designed to help participants apply spiritual wisdom to everyday life. His most recent books include The Ninefold Path of Jesus, Free, Practicing the Way of Jesus, and Belonging and Becoming, Creating a Thriving Family Culture. Mark lives in San Francisco and is passionately engaged in sustainability practices and efforts to create safe neighborhoods for all people. I will link to Mark's website in the show notes. Here's my interview with Mark Skandrat. How are you?
1: I'm fine. How are you?
0: Good. You're in uh, San San Fran? Yep. How
1: about you? Where are you at?
0: I miss California right now so bad.
1: I was at yeah. a coffee
0: shop working this morning with a friend, and it was like this big, like industrial window, and we're like facing the street. And there's car. I live in St. St. Louis right now. And okay, our cars are parked like right outside the window, and we literally watched rain turn to ice on our car. We just we watched yeah. it happen, and we're both like, "That really just happened," and we were like, "We gotta go home because." <laughs> roads are icing i was like oh I right miss california right
1: now. Did, did, where did you live in california
0: in los angeles okay yep i missed i missed the sun i missed the beach i knew i would
1: did you live close to a beach where did where what where in la did you live
0: i lived yeah i lived really close it was like 15 minutes so i lived in west west los angeles so very mm-hmm. very very easy access to Yeah, the beach, I had the parking garage down so I knew I could go for two hours without paying like I was like, yeah, I'm a system. So (laughs)
1: that's great.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about your book. I'm excited to to chat. I would love to hear from beginning. I love the story of how this how you got the idea for this book and how this came about. So I would love to hear just so
1: some friends of mine in London in 2015. at. Said we want to do a global project about the Beatitudes, particularly in Europe, the UK. When most people think of the Church of Christianity, they think it's irrelevant or it's toxic and dangerous. Mm-hmm. But we have this, these, these, the life and the sayings of Jesus that are about justice and peacemaking and all of that, and 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 so we want to we want to broadcast that and remind people this is. This is the core of the Jesus way. So I said that I'd love to. And so my background is in helping make links from scripture to practice practical everyday life. Mm. And so we we're into like embodied spirituality, I guess. And so they asked me to help with some of that. And I said, you know what this project makes me think of is years ago when my first book came out, I had a Zen priest contact me. And he said, "He said I don't know if you'd be comfortable talking with somebody like me, but he said I saw your book and I thought you might be a Christian who I could talk about about something going on in my life." And he said, "I'm I'm up for dharma transmission, but I'm putting it off because when I sit zazen, I hear Jesus calling to me, and I don't know what to do with that." Whoa. So we we became fast friends, and we used to go for walks around my neighborhood. And I'm this young. Pastor type. I really didn't know that much about faith traditions outside of my own. So on a walk, I just said, When help me understand the like the Zen Buddhist path. When you wake up each day, what do you seek to do and be? And in about four minutes, he could say, Hey, these are the four noble truths. This is what I think reality is. And this is these are eight. This is the eightfold path, eight things I pay attention to, to try and deepen my experience of reality. And I was pretty impressed with that, that clarity. Mm-hmm. And then, then he turns to me and says, Mark, you identify as a follower of Jesus. When you wake up each day, what do you seek to do and to be? He put my question back on me and I, <laughs> I didn't have a great answer. Like, you know, I said something about, oh, I want to love God and love my neighbor as myself. But my answer was vague. His answer was much more tangible. Like you could imagine what you might do. And so I started wondering, was my answer vague because Jesus was vague about his way? Or had I just not learned to pay attention to Jesus' wisdom about everyday life? Mm -hmm. And I think it's the latter. Like we have the Sermon on the Mount and the various gospel books have a lot of teaching, Jesus teaching about with God life in the here and now, but I'd been taught to basically ignore what Jesus said about life and focus on the fact that he's the son of God and that he was born and that he died and came back to life. And that was the important stuff was just Mm -hmm. that you, you, and not paying attention to, the details of what he taught about life. So yeah. So the book is an attempt to, to explore these areas of human experience. I call it the human con- condition that Jesus message might touch and offer us an alternative to our normal ways of thinking mm-hmm. and doing
0: it. If that priest were to ask you the question now, how would you answer it?
1: Oh, yeah. We actually just got together a couple of months ago. He moved to a different part of the country. We're still good friends Mm -hmm. after all these years. He, he, I would say when I wake up each day, I want to learn to live with open handedness and trust. I want to sit with pain instead of running from pain and mourn. And lament what's broken in the world and what's broken inside of me. I want to live in a way where I honor, I I embrace my own dignity and worth, and honor that e- the equal dignity and worth of others. Call that the way of humility. I want to, I want to, um, use the power I have for good to participate in the in the remaking of all of life, like justice. I want to, I want to live by compassion you know, towards myself and towards others. I want to uh, be wholehearted, not divided, not hiding, but tell the truth and do things from right motives. And I want to, I want to be a peacemaker. And instead of thinking in terms of us and them, think about we together and what we have in common. Instead of reacting with anger and frustration and violence towards ways i am mistreated I want to, I want to learn to non-violently respond and I don't want to live from fear or self-protection. I want to, I want to have courage and pursue radical love. So.
0: And lovely summary of the book too.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So each of those, those were nine statements and they're there. Each one was related to one statement in the Beatitudes or one mm-hmm. line.
0: Of the yeah. And as you were as you were saying that it was I felt like very calm and very just like, like very <laughs> present. And there, there's so many things about it that I just kept thinking of like, you had mentioned embodiment for earlier embodiment and presence. There's so much just like being present, being, you know, being willing to mourn these things, being willing to have compassion here, being willing to create a space for us to work together and have compassion for people like here and now, and just a very embodied, that's how I would probably describe Mm -hmm. the book is it just a very embodied and presence way of interacting with the world. And it's very, very calming mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm glad yeah. and I would say that the the way that that sort of I think flips a lot of Christianity on its head is I think I mean this was my experience of Christianity it, it's very combative and very like crusade crusadish, <laughs> like like dominate and you know, convert and like very, yeah, it just tends to be, there's a lot of anxiety too. Just I feel yeah. like a,
1: a, a lot What of. is the truth and am I right? You know? Yes.
0: <laughs> and that is what no one would describe Christianity like yeah. that, but I would say that that tends to be yeah. the practice of, of the majority of Christian culture yeah. is how do I find that absolute truth? And then how do I convince Mm -hmm. other people that it's, that it is
1: accurate. And, you know, I like, that's my background. And I just found that it was tearing me apart inside that I wasn't becoming a better person, a more loving person by orienting my life around trying to get it all right in my head.
0: Yeah. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Well, you know, I think it could be human nature, Mm -hmm. but then we've created systems out of out of that like we crave certainty and so yeah
0: I would say that's a a big reason why the podcast for tears of being is called uncertain and Mm -hmm. recognizing that need (laughs) to sit in things that we don't understand and ambiguity Mm -hmm. and and that the the focus is let's just ask the questions not let's make sure we find the right answer which I feel like is kind of your book a little bit of just like. How could we be here with it? Well, and I
1: think, I think a lot of times the, like when, when we think about scripture or the teachings of Jesus, it's real easy to go into this, this, oh, this is what people should do, or, the, or this is what I should do. But shoulds are not very motivating. They're not very effective. They can, they can, may, maybe they're a bit more effective without getting you to not do things, but mm-hmm. getting you to do things to embrace life and not, not work so well. and. So what I'm interested in, and I tried to share in the book is what is the, um, well, I have an. first of all, I have an assumption that what brings misery to our lives is having distorted beliefs about who God is, who we are and how life works. Hmm. And so if I could get a more accurate understanding of who creator is, who I am, who we are and how life works I could live more freely and lightly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that was Jesus project. It was, he was trying to help. He, he had an accurate understanding of those things and he can help us to return to reality as well. But what that requires for us is to be honest about the distortion we, we experience. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, like, I think, the beatitudes, in some ways, name can name those distortions, or I call them first instincts, and invite us into a higher level of consciousness where we're more grounded in what's 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 deeply real and true. Yeah. The
0: reality, yeah,
1: yeah, reality, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Tell me about those group of people that you formed to do this experiment. I'm curious about that. You may already know this, but The Uncertain Podcast is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a nonprofit that serves as a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. This podcast and the work of Tears of Eden are supported by donations from generous listeners like you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving a donation by using the link in the show notes or visiting tearsofeden.org slash support. You can also support the podcast by rating and leaving a review and sharing on social media. If you're not already following us, please follow us on Facebook at Tears of Eden and Instagram at Uncertain Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. Tell me about those group of people that you formed to do this experiment. I'm curious about that.
1: So, well, there was a group called Nine Beats and it was a group of of musicians and thought leaders and artists, intellectuals. And we kind of went on a journey of discovery together. We tried to, to have it be a diverse group in terms of gender and and racial and ethnic identity and tried to listen to each other. And then out of that, I created something with a partner called Danielle Welsh called The Ninefold Path. And it's an experiential journey through the Beatitudes that goes over about 10 sessions where we take one Beatitude at a time, explore how we experience some of those, the tensions it brings up or those first instincts. And then what are some Practices or exercises that might help us live in a in a new way. So I've been doing those groups now for five or six years. We have a curriculum along with it called the Ninefold Path Lab, Mm -hmm. and then the book, the Orange Book by Intervarsity, the Ninefold Path of Jesus, is sort of a summary of what I've learned working with groups all over the world exploring the Beatitudes.
0: When you were developing this group and first starting it, was there anything that happened that, or what, what were you expecting from it? Well,
1: we'd done, um, we developed kind of, this was our mode of being for about 15 years. Like I, I had a, I had a faith crisis around, you know, age 26, 27, where I was like, I'm, I, I want to learn a way of life, not just a way to believe. Mm-hmm. And so we took a, a very different approach to our understanding about how we practice our spirituality. So it's it's going to be super practical, super embodied. So we just started getting people together, and we'd look at something that Jesus said, and say, how, how does that hit things in our life? What does it speak to difficulties and struggles that we have in our lives? And what are some practices that might help free us, might liberate us from? these unhelpful, distorted ways of seeing God ourselves and, and understanding how life works. And I just knew for myself that getting practical, being honest and taking on practices started to really change my life. And we saw that for other people. And I I still see it to this day. Like I, I had, we have two labs a week that are meeting right now. And people in those groups are saying, this is like, I've been around Christianity a long time. This has been the most meaningful thing for me to be a part of, mm-hmm. where it's it's wholehearted, it's authentic. I'm supported. I feel invited to try on new things in my life instead of feeling obligated. And, and I'm I'm encountering more more peace, more motivation to seek justice. And so it wasn't our first rodeo, I guess, developing the ninefold path. But, but we wanted to, we wanted it to be a nice survey of kind of the main themes in the kind of life that Jesus vision of, of Mm -hmm. life. So I I like to call it like, be out like Jesus manifesto Mm
0: -hmm. for a whole new
1: way of being or doing so. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. You
0: said something, I think you said, I feel invited, not obligated. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that that's probably a and in terms since I have read the books and for listeners here reading it who have engaged with spiritual things before, I would say that 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 is a that is a a way of presentation that might be a little bit different than some other things. Is that it's it is an invitation to a way of life rather than a if you don't do this, these things will happen to you. Yeah, and you if you do this these things will happen to you. And yeah, and there's a, yeah. And I think that that's for, that's where like Christianity, I think it's fuddled for some people. And then where a lot of folks in the demographic that I work with of folks who've experienced abuse in the church, like it's this, this twistedness within this thing that's actually really beautiful and is mm-hmm. an invitation. And that yeah. makes it, that just gets it all muddled. And like, where do you, where do you go next? And uh, (laughs) like, like how, how, what is a Christian supposed to look like? And, and, and how, how do you know if someone is one and all of, all of those things. And so I really love the invitational nature of that. What would you say is probably the, one of the gifts that you've received from this journey? You had mentioned that it changed your life, but can you give an example of
1: Um, that? I, I'm having a blast walking with other people as they engage with the the ninefold path, you know, the beatitudes. And I think one of the interesting things is we have people in the labs from um, all different parts of the world. And I didn't I didn't anticipate how powerful it'd be to be engaging with the the words of Jesus across cultures. Oh yeah, and you know, a, a lot of people have. You know, are from a Christian background, but it's the way Christianity is held in different countries varies. And it's not always, you know, in the United States, predominantly Christian faith is associated with conservative politics and a particular political party and a particular orient, you know, things we value things that are valued and attitudes that are cultivated. And so it's refreshing for many, many of us to realize, oh, it's not packaged up the same way <laughs> in other places. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of, you, you can be, kind of, you know, you can, you can be open to the Holy spirit and also part of extinction rebellion in your, you know, in your local community and care about uh, the climate crisis. Those aren't binaries. There's Mm -hmm. other, other ways of holding, holding things. So that's, that's been really inspiring to me.
0: That's really cool. I would love to hear you talk about the, the last, the last section of the book was on the Enneagram.
1: And oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I, and I, was, I was like, as I was reading it, I was like thinking of the Enneagram mm-hmm. as I was reading it. And then last few pages was like, on the Enneagram. I was like, I did
1: drop a breadcrumb in every chapter. You probably <laughs> noticed that, like, when I described those first instincts, right. <laughs> there was one line that was really pointing towards one, one Enneagram <laughs> lens, right? Yeah. So the book describes nine instincts and how we navigate those instincts. And it just so happens there's nine phrases in the Beatitudes, uh, nine types in the Enneagram, and they match up pretty well. They do. Uh, And so the way I look at it is, you know, with the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is trying to point us back to reality. But each of us, based on personality, let's say an easier time connecting with reality in some ways, And we're more challenged to connect with reality in other ways. So like, here's an example. When I first started teaching on the the content of the book, a guy came up to me afterwards and he said, hey, do you know about the Enneagram? Because the book has body postures to it. So I was teaching, I was talking about learning to be open-handed and uh, to move from a posture of close handedness to open-handedness, to to live in a non-anxious state And this guy said, because when you invited us to open our hands and hold them out in that vulnerable position, he said, I felt my body reacting. Yeah, Like, that's not what I want to do, you know, instinctually. And he said, I'm an Enneagram eight. Mm. And I'm like, well, it makes sense. You know, sevens, you know, enthusiasts, when we get to the way of lament, when we look at blessed are those who mourn. This is uncharted territory, you know, and so it's been exciting to see people I know who identify with the the seven go. Wow, maybe maybe part of the key to me moving forward in life is taking the time to sit with what's hard, mm-hmm. to face pain. We even had one. Uh, I, I was actually teaching on the Enneagram in in another country, and I. I was talking about the difficulty with mourning for an Enneagram seven. And and a guy said, you know, there's nothing I have to, I have to mourn. And he was so out of touch with like his own pain. He couldn't think about it, but he (laughs) came back to me. (laughs) Yeah. He came back to me later and he was like, just this shows how much I run from pain because I, even during this retreat, I'm beginning to remember the way I was sexually traumatized by a youth worker when I was a teenager. And I guess I've totally blocked it out. I never told my spouse about this. And now we're you know, God's kind of inviting me to take a look at this and how, how it made me feel and whatever. So there's definitely, you yeah, know, ah. we could go, we could geek out on this for a long time, but there's yeah,
0: that definitely was, that was fun. It
1: was fun. connections. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you notice? Like what, 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 what did you have a type you identify with? That, and
0: yeah, it was, it was interesting because I'm a three, mm-hmm. but in, in the, in the Enneagram part of the book, I identified with the two and the four and I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to the numbers. I was just mm-hmm. kind of reading through and I identified with yeah. the two, identify with the four. And I was like, that's interesting. And then I realized, oh yeah, those are the wings of the three. Like, that,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's right. Nice, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. So I kind of describe it as like each of us may have a killer app, beatitude, meaning if we could, if we could really Move into a higher consciousness, or like overcome our distorted thinking in that area, it would open up so much more life to us. You know, mm. so like for instance, I'm I identify as an Enneagram four. That's my home lens for life. And so the beatitude that says blessed are those who are persecuted for for justice really hits me because. When I encounter resistance, I easily give up and I feel paralyzed, woe is oh, me, yeah. you know, why is everybody else thriving and that's not me or whatever. And so the, the message of that beatitude is, you know, do not let suffering and struggle stop you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. Keep moving forward, doing good. You're mm-hmm. not alone, you know, keep, keep going. Don't let the resistance get you down. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a super important message for me to introduce
0: Yeah, the invitation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that Enneagram people are gonna like that part of the
1: book. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the analyzation part of it. I I think that's yeah. that's really fun. What is something that you hope people take away from the book?
1: Well, I what I really hope people do is go on the journey of discovery that the the book describes so you know um that that people would look at it and as they go through it when they when when one of those beatitudes really speaks to a place of vulnerability in their life to try on some of the practices and see if they help move the needle unlock some things for them. You know I'm really convinced that we don't think our way into a new way of being we we need to move into it with our whole selves. Mm. And sometimes that's when the insider clarity happens. So taking on practices Mm -hmm. is a doorway that unlocks some of those things.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's a a really helpful thing for Christians, former Christians, just like that practice. And then I'm in the trauma world a lot. So just Mm -hmm. like in trauma too, it is an embodied experience. It's an embodied movement. And mm-hmm. that that is where the change happens. It's not just. Yeah, clear in your brain.
1: Yeah. Which and in my experience, I guess my other hope would be that people would maybe work through the book in community, you know, with a few other people, because we're more likely to take on healthful practices, when we've got a support system to do it or not doing it mm-hmm. on our own. I can say you can find some further resources at uh, my website markscanret.com and then there's also a website for the lab that is a uh, ninefoldpath.org so I'd encourage people to check those two out.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I will I will link to said things in the show notes. Yeah. And thank you for coming on today. Is there anything else that you would like to say, share? Um, out
1: with. Uh, this is a safe universe to live in you are loved and beloved and powerful and if if we could if we could learn to embrace those things with our whole being it would change us and i think it would change the world
0: loved beloved and powerful
1: yeah so I could, I could lead you in sort of a mantra that goes through the Beatitudes, if that.
0: Okay, you can, let's do yeah. it.
1: So today, okay. may we live with open hands, mourn what's broken, serve with self-respect, use our power for good, look with compassion, walk in honesty, reach past our differences, suffer for love, and learn to live fearlessly. Following the way of radical love.
0: Awesome. I want. Do you have that written down? Is that in the book?
1: That is in the book.
0: It is. Is that yep. that whole thing?
1: That whole thing in yep. the appendix.
0: Appendix one.
1: Or nope. the conclu- or the conclusion.
0: Appendix two.
1: Conclusion. Try the conclusion.
0: There it is. Is it in
1: there? Yeah.
0: Right there. There it is. There it yep. is. Found it. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah. Great to, great to meet you, Catherine. All the best to you and what you're doing. Thank I really you. think what you're thank doing you. is important.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yep. And
1: awesome. All right. Well, have, a, have a great day, Catherine. You too. Okay. Peace. Right. Yeah. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. Uncertain is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider making a donation by visiting tearsofedenorg slash support. All donations are tax deductible. Intro music featured in this episode is from the band Green Ashes. Before you go, please take a moment to like, subscribe, or leave a review, and don't forget to share this podcast show with everyone you know. I'm Katherine Spearing, and I'll see you next time.